0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Personalization Outbreak Podcast. This is Episode 2 of Season 2 in 2021. Last week, we talked about the challenges our educational system is faced with and how student centricity can play a big role in preparing our students to confront the world and transform society. This week, we shift gears to the corporate sector to address how an employee-centric approach can have a significant impact in how we lead in times of crises. We will talk about how a Fortune 5 organization had to adapt to the uncertainties of 2020 and saw that as an opportunity rather than a challenge for their employees to be true to their shared mission. Our guest today is Jeff Pailoff. Jeff is the Senior Vice President of Supply Chain at CVS Health. Jeff oversees the supply chain strategy and operations for all 9,800 CVS stores, e-commerce, and long-term care pharmacy delivery. Now, I've been working with Jeff for years, and as you experience Jeff, you'll understand why I refer to him as the Pathfinder, someone who believes that there's always a better way to achieve your goals and evolve if you have the in-game in mind. For those of you who watched the leadership in the age of personalization virtual summit in October 2020 in our 2019 summit series, you'll understand what I'm talking about. Let's get started. It's great to have you with us today. Thanks for joining us. Great to be here, Glenn. Thanks for inviting me. So tell us a little bit about the Pathfinder. I mean, I can't let you escape that one. I mean, <laughs> uh, what, yeah, what, sure. what is it that makes you the Pathfinder and how does it show up at work? Yeah, well, I think yeah, you said it sort of well. Um,
1: I'd say probably what gives me distinction as a leader is that I tend to look at most situations that are presented to me as opportunity and when I look at them as opportunity, I tend to think of it as where are we trying ultimately to get to and how do we work our way there? Right. So hence the idea of the end in mind is we'll figure out the journey, but where are we ultimately trying to get to? And let's start at that point. And that's really how I tend to approach most things,
0: you know, uh, in, in, you know in my role. Well, I think given the subject matter uh, of today's conversation, uh, the pathfinder is going to come in handy because, you know, let's face it, Jeff, CVS has been at the forefront of putting people on a path to better health during this pandemic. And so as the pathfinder from both a supply chain and leadership standpoint, Jeff, can you perhaps share some behind the scenes perspective of the happenings that most people throughout the country just wouldn't be aware of? I mean, I can't imagine uh, what you and your team and the entire enterprise has been going through Uh, any any shared perspectives. Again, maybe some behind the scenes that would make us even further appreciate uh, the great work uh, that CVS Health has done over the past year and a half. Yeah, I think I think I can probably shed a little bit of light there.
1: I um, you know, as you mentioned, our, our purpose, you know, has been and continues to be uh to help people on their path to better health. And I think in the future we'll see that as helping every individual on their path to better health. Um, but as you look at a year like we've just gone through in 2020 and, and where we are starting 2021, um, you know, we we like everyone else in America have uh had to uh, respond right to this great opportunity before us, uh, which is, you know, how do we respond to to a pandemic um and and, tr- and truly live on that purpose of, of helping people on the path to better health. And you know, when I think behind the scenes, uh, I look at a uh, tremendous body of work um that that's occurred and and frankly, you know, to be to be truly um appreciative of, of the the hundreds and hundreds of people um who have been trying to figure things out and then the many thousands of people who have been out there on the front lines making it happen it's an extraordinary effort and um you know we're a big company right one of the largest companies in america um and yeah, i don't know that necessarily large companies are typically considered to be the most agile um in the world um, and yet i look at the fact that that uh, you know, less than a year ago um, if we've been having this conversation, we might not even be talking about COVID, and here we are a year later, having you know been an, uh, an industry participant and leader um, in, in everything from. You know, keeping colleagues safe so that they can be out in the community providing services and being in our stores to help patients and customers to our role in uh, testing for COVID. Um, we, you know, we've, we've been in underserved communities. We've been in business to business programs. We've obviously had a very large footprint with our retail stores and have, and have provided millions upon millions of tests. And then certainly now, right, the emerging program around vaccination and all the work that we've been blessed to be able to be a participant in, um, in conjunction with the industry and with government. And so I look at all the work that we've done and realize that, that from a historical lens, mm-hmm. um, we, we, you can't really say in this instance, there was an end in mind because we didn't know what the end was going to be. Mm-hmm. And so what I've seen behind the scenes is just a tremendous amount of, uh, open-mindedness and uh, positive, uh, positive intent. Um, as we have collaborated internally inside the supply chain to do things we never did before, as well as, Uh, How do we do the same thing with our other partners in CVS retail and CVS, the enterprise of CVS health with the local communities, the state governments, the federal uh, operations warp speed and, 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 and et cetera. Just to understand how we are going to make this happen when nobody had a rule a real rule book right to apply to this, it's been an extraordinary effort um, but because of that purpose that I mentioned at the onset of helping people on their path to better health, that's always been our guide um, that's really helped enabled us to to uh, stay firm um, and committed and uh, put in the the work needed
0: now Jeff, if I could um a couple of things uh cross my mind as you were. Uh, sharing those, you know, what's taking place behind the scenes. Um, I don't know if you caught yourself, but you said taking, taking on the opportunity of the pandemic. You didn't call it a crisis. You called it opportunity. And, and again, maybe I'm uh, I'll, I'll listen in just a moment, but it seems to me that maybe the opportunity was to find yourself in a moment, a defining moment where every associate, every individual at CVS found themselves with the opportunity to put people on a path to better health. That's how I interpreted that. Any thoughts? I mean, I, you know, people keep talking about, you know, the chaos, the crises, but you saw it as an opportunity. At least that's what you've led me, you know, the way you described it. Uh, sure. what, what, why did you call it an opportunity? Well, certainly
1: it would be ignorant of me to not you know, acknowledge, right. The, the, the crisis and the li- the lives that have been affected and the lives that have been lost and people have put themselves out there, right. You know, to, to be the difference makers on the front line. When I say it's an opportunity, it's an opportunity to either do nothing and accept the status quo, or it's an opportunity to get involved in and be part of the solution. Right? Even we didn't know exactly what the solution was going to be or when was it going to occur. So when I see the opportunity, was this idea we elected to turn the best that we could of it into an opportunity to live out on our purpose, so that we could help the you know the communities that that we live in. I think if we had. Um, I mean, in fact, I wouldn't even say the answer is I don't know how we could have done otherwise, right? Because that's just who we are at CVS Health. And and, and that's how we live out that purpose is it is, is an opportunity. And, and we, we saw
0: it as such uh, to be a difference maker. It's I got chills. And I'll tell you why is that I feel that during this entire pandemic. Um, look, you can look at the you can look at things, the glass half full or the glass half empty and I felt that there was a lot of people that didn't know what to do. And the fact that you looked at it as an opportunity, I know that that's not being misconstrued as, you know, sell more or generate more revenue. It was an opportunity to live out the mission. And, you know, we're, we've you know as you well know in corporate america uh, a lot of all many if not all companies are very mission driven mission focused and yet the individuals, whether it's the associate or whether it's the customer, really get to feel that mission come to life so when you said opportunity i again i i'm inspired by that because you know, you just never know when the moment calls for that mission to come to life. And I think a lot of things could have gone wrong, you know, it, even though the playbook wasn't written for the moment. Uh, but again, I just appreciate, uh, that perspective, uh, Jeff, because I think for anyone who's listening, uh, they should pay very careful. In fact, I'd have them go back uh, to when you started, uh, to talk about the behind the scenes and how you saw this as an opportunity, because we're still living 2020 right now, and we all need to connect to our mission and think about how we, as individuals who work for our organizations, can be better con- individual contributors to that mission. Um, because there's going to be a story to tell after all this is said and done, Jeff. And I know you know that. Uh, absolutely. You know, but, and, and go ahead. Go
1: ahead. Well, I was got one thought to that. You know, I, I look at. Um, uh, you know, there's, there's, there's so many people in my organization that I am very thankful for. Um, and what I, what I'm most thankful for is that they never even questioned, why am I putting in this amount of time? you know, why, why, why am I doing this? Is it, you know, is it for someone else's mission? Is it for mm. the company? Mm. But rather, I think in this instance, while there have certainly been tremendous demands and sacrifices that people have made, I think they've seen it as this is my individual way that I can contribute to, to addressing this pandemic. And that has given people that fortitude required to be able to sacrifice, you know, additional time spent doing things they would normally do, or, you know, how they view their, the whatever, or considered your you know, time at work or your time at home. Um, because I think, well, of course, a lot of those people have been working from home, um, uh, which doesn't actually make it much easier. But I do think the, the, the point I'm trying to make there is that uh, I think this is a way that inherently just connects with people. How can I make a difference? Just like the volunteer who wants to volunteer, who is, you know, certified and and, and capable of helping, you know, uh, vaccinate people, right. And put shots in arms that wants to be able to help. Um, You know, if ever there was an opportunity uh, in our country to talk around a unifying rally in a time when there's not a whole lot of unity, you know, certainly the response that's that, 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 uh, that is here um, put aside the, layers and the politics and the, you know, the media and all that individuals, I think, feel that they want to be part of the solution,
0: right? They want to do anything they can to see us get beyond this. That's powerful, powerful. So on that note, Jeff, um, it's clear that you've put the individual uh, at the center of the happenings. So here's maybe an unexpected question. What would you, how would you have defined individual centricity, whether that's obviously the customer, in this case, uh, the patient uh, or the employee. How how do you think most organizations, or if you want to take a personal stab at it from a leadership perspective, would have thought of centricity pre-pandemic? And how do you think people are thinking about it now?
1: Sure, I, I, and I'll take I'll, I'll take that in more of a of a commerce maybe uh, perspective sure. to answer this question initially. Sure, um, you know when I think of the path that our country has been on uh, to move to digital commerce, certainly no surprise. Uh, year over year, you know, large double digit growth, um, and and companies, of course, you know, fitting somewhere along the spectrum of taking advantage of that opportunity that as it has presented itself, and then you get to a situation like 2020 where it was no longer about uh, I'll call it desire or, or 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 want; it was about need right? People in order to survive uh, needed to engage through their phone, right. Or through the devices, they needed services and products to be brought to their home. They couldn't go out in many cases and be amongst other people, whether it was because of social distancing requirements that were set forth or whether it's because of their own personal health condition. So when you look at, when you look at a year, like, you know, we've just gone through, you know, the, the, that curve for, e-commerce or for digital commerce, know, um, took off even faster, right? Um, and so, so when I look now at where we are and where we're going, I've got to imagine that um, it'd be hard to find a company that isn't thinking about what is going to be the new normal, right? Or the post pandemic normal, because it's been a long enough time, there's been enough adoption, there's been enough progress made that it's highly unlikely to believe we would go back, right? That we would go back to even what we what would the world looked like at the beginning of, of 2020. And so companies have been absolutely forced to think differently, right? And so you mentioned centricity and, and and you know individual, right? Individuality, individual customer centricity, right? This whole journey now, there are so many more options for for a consumer to consider to how they need to get their thing done, whatever that thing is, that is forced companies to finally have to focus on the customer's journey first. And not the customers with an S and an apostrophe, but the customer apostrophe S, the customer's journey and figure out how do I meet that customer where he or she needs me to be, for that transaction that, that they have right then and there. And that is a very personal, if you will, experience. And companies have not been forced to figure that out on a massive scale, right? Massive personalization, I think anywhere near as much as emerged in 2020 and will continue
0: on in 2021. Powerful, so <laughs> so Jeff, I have to pause and say in an industry like healthcare, I mean, let's remind our our listeners and viewers that, you know, CVS uh, has been through this transformation uh, since the acquisition of Aetna in, in 2018, it's 2018, right, Jeff? Correct. 2018 um, from being a retailer, right. Uh, uh, to now being a healthcare provider. Mm-hmm. Um, so what can healthcare uh, who has claimed to be patient centered for Many years as part of its narrative, perhaps learn about what patient centricity really means given the experiences of CVS Health. Sure. Well, I, I'd say that there's an unfortunate
1: start to this answer. Unfortunately, um, for all of the you know best efforts of many partners, you know in in the in the you know community, uh, healthcare still remains a complicated problem, right? To solve for it's still more difficult to navigate than what probably most of us would wish it to be, if not to believe it can be, it's still certainly very expensive. Um, and so it's, it, it, there's still so much space out there, uh, for solutions that, that solve those basic pain points, right? Make it simple, make it accessible, make it affordable, um, and what I think that the 2020 experience, you know, probably contributed to that is um, that, that we, again, we couldn't use the same mechanisms that we were hanging on to in terms of how we engage with patients any longer because the patients weren't even able to access those Sort of lagging historical ways of doing things, going to the doctor, right? You know, a new therapy start, uh, getting an elective procedure. So many things that weren't even available, mm-hmm. right? That has really forced our thinking to what are those opportunities ahead where we can, you know, uh, uh, meet more patients where they are. So to, you know, the telehealth, right? The massive opportunity in telehealth um, and, and, and wearable health, um, you know, and the various devices and things like that. And I think there's just been so much there that has. That was forced, you know, into the conversation. That when I'm in the healthcare space, that you can't you, the comfort zone essentially should be gone. There shouldn't even be a, a comfort zone left. That we'll get to it in the future, or gee, we see a problem, and you know, we'll figure it out down the road. The, that time is like yesterday and today. Um, and so, I think it's forced the healthcare industry to have to, you know, uh, move faster with more urgency. Um, and more curiosity to solve, uh, you know, how we, we reach the individual patient in a way that works for them and achieves those things I mentioned: simple, you know, affordable and
0: accessible. You know, it's interesting. Yesterday, I had a conversation with um, uh, with an executive who uh, does a lot of work with uh, nurses, and you know, her take was Jeff that it's remarkable how in healthcare historically um, regulations was always the excuse. <laughs> Uh, In in how when the pandemic uh, struck, how all of a sudden those regulations became not meaningless, but they all of a sudden uh, changed on the on the moment's notice. And all of a sudden, uh, payers, insurance companies started to pay for uh, telehealth when for years there had been resistance. So I think this is the wake up call that anything is possible. And I think that it's more about how do we seek discomfort uh, in status quo, uh, to get us to where we need to go. So on that note, and I, and I want to start moving a little bit more briskly here, and it's my fault because I've said too much, but uh, let's talk about centricity from an employee standpoint. I mean, what did you see that changed? I mean, you talked a little bit about the behind the scenes earlier. What changed in 2021? Um, that, And do you see that those changes will remain permanent? Sure. Um, so I would say this, first of
1: all, um, n- n- nothing was as it seemed, right? So when you think of, I think of the world as in 2020 as being uh, two different groups of people. Those that were able to take shelter, right? It's almost like create more of a, a bubble work from home, sort of being that, if you will, you know, element of, of the discussion. And then those that, that couldn't, Right. Mm-hmm. the nature of their of their work or their life you know um, required them to engage regardless of which one you were it wasn't business as usual so if you were a work from home person uh that had never been a work from home person there's a lot of um change required right to to adapt to that new environment and and, and be successful if you're a person who didn't have that opportunity and still sort of went out into the world each day to do your work, I don't think probably many people left their their, their doorstep or crossed their doorstep to go out into the world without thinking a little bit different about the world around them and taking precautions for their safety and what was going to be open and can I do this, can I do that, right? So I don't think there would be anybody, right, who, who could say that they weren't you know, affected by that. And so therefore the response to that, right, becomes, um, you know, there had to be a lot of communication and there had to be a lot of thinking carefully about how to take care of, people particularly the, you know everybody who ventured beyond their doorstep and how and how to make sure that we were able to continue to be effective at doing what we do when we didn't have the traditional norm of an, of an office space right or a departmental meeting or or any of those types of things that that you know have been around forever Um, So I think that that you know everybody, every every walk of life, right, was affected um, by the fact that what they were used to no longer existed. It just wasn't business as usual. Um, And so I look at that that what my colleagues have been able to do at at CVS Health, um, and and it does make me laugh for a moment to remember all the time we spent pre-COVID talking about whether or not we could, you know, enable more flexible work schedules or could could somebody work from home for a day every so often and how it seemed like somewhat of an arduous task to find the right balanced solution that met everybody's needs and ensured that people stayed productive, et cetera. Well, COVID comes along, wipes all that out. I am amazed. I am truly amazed. um, And again, appreciative of, of we didn't miss a beat. We didn't miss a beat. You know, people went to wherever that place was, right. That they were now, you know, that they now found themselves working from and we kept right on going. Right. And technology and, you know, the, the tools such as zoom and WebEx, et cetera, obviously are a big part of of our success in doing that, but we didn't miss a beat. And so um, now when I say we didn't miss a beat, that means we got, we still got outcomes. Right. Yeah. But to the heart of your question, there's still a piece in there that says, but we didn't get them exactly the same way. Right. Because each individual had to think differently about their environment. Um, you know, uh, uh, the company had to think about how can we accommodate these unique circumstances that are different for, you know, there's no two people who are probably alike in their circumstances in this, in this situation. And how can we you know, foster environment and support um, that will enable people to continue to be successful? Um, and so it really became a much more you know, individualized thought process on, again, on a mass scale. Um, in order to be able to be successful. And it's been, it's been, it's been outstanding.
0: You know, Jeff, I've always said that uh, personalization spooks standardization and when threatened standardization fights back hard. How how hard did it fight? It feels like it, they lost the battle. I think
1: standardization lost the battle for sure. That, that's a quick answer. What I'm interested to see going forward Right is 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 the question is is the battle over or was that just round one two or three of a fifteen round fight? Great. So it wouldn't seem from where I sit logical to believe that that pendulum is going to come back hard, you know, and, and hit us in the face um, with a return to old status quo. But there there certainly will be, you know, points down the road where we will still have more. Um, more, I guess, scenarios to address or more questions to be answered. I think of the simple thing like um, right now, uh, by and large, um, in a work from home environment with a a number of my colleagues that work from home, I know where to find them, they're at home working. Okay, I find them at home. But in the future, if we say, hey, you can work from home, that's fine. Um, But it's okay to travel again and it's okay to go about your business and engage in different things. Well, people aren't gonna be where you know them to be yeah. You know, some people will probably prefer to work in an office. Some people, you know, will be out on the road. Some people will do those types of things, and so now it won't be just as easy as saying, "Oh, I know where they are. They're at home." Like, yeah. so will that cause us to become uncomfortable again, or disjointed, or cause everyone to say, "Okay, we all go back to the office. We all you know, we have to go back to the way it was," right? There are still things that we'll solve for as 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 we evolve going forward, um, but I but I don't I don't imagine that. So I would say the battle's not over. But I think there's enough evidence to suggest we're
0: probably not going to go back to the way it was. Thank you, Jeff. So, okay, before we move on, Scott,
2: what are you taking from Jeff here? I'm uh, what I'm seeing a pattern that that makes me confident that this next unknown or uncertain part or challenge that comes before you or we should call it with your terminology opportunity that comes before Mm -hmm. you is isn't going to be a challenge uh, from the cvs model and and the reason why is i'm actually seeing that you know when we talk about industry transformation right what 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 is kind of interesting about your approach and tell me if i'm off on here is that it seems like the transformation that you're doing for industry or for your industry in particular is patient employee centricity and leading in that and here's what i mean and here's what here's where i saw it structurally From an outsider looking in, and I want to hear your comments on this to see if this actually happened on purpose or this is just the way it was. I see that you've done something at CVS with the dialectic of mission and management. And I think what we're saying here is that you had a mission, which was quite clear, right? I mean, I remember when mission statements used to be like this long, right? You know, you create a corporation or something, this is your mission statement, but yours is this it's easy. It's, it's, it's easy to focus on and easy to realize if we're doing something that's towards it or against it, contributing or not contributing. But here's the deal. I think what you gained when I look at this from the outside, looking in by having mission is you're able to have mission be the management right? When you have a strong mission, management isn't as critical because what you're doing with this this mission and by articulating it and reinforcing it and making sure every act from stopping selling cigarettes to jumping from uh, uh, testing to vaccines, what you're doing is it's mission-based. And when you have that mission, you actually can trust your employees right? To do what they need to do in their capacity towards that mission. Whereas if that mission isn't clear, then the management had better be because there's a whole bunch of people doing they don't know what. So you better manage them somehow so that there's some outcomes. And so what do you think about that? Is that something you think that actually was a, was a a conscious effort with CVS to essentially not replace management with mission but literally to to reduce the need for management sort of levels by just having the stronger mission as the unifier.
1: Yeah, you know that that's a great observation and I, you know there's a couple of things you said in there specifically that you know that that really resonated. You mentioned the word trust. Um and you know I think about the idea that Uh, part of probably the old paradigm is based in a lack of trust, right? If I don't see you, I can't believe you're working. You know, the really simplistic way of thinking about it. Um, And we didn't have the luxury, if you will, of the old paradigm. And so therefore you had to um, essentially assume at first. Right. And and, and and then as you inspect what you expect, you find, hey, wait a second. The, the, this they didn't they didn't need me to, to tell them to your point to do something. Um, they they already both understand their job to begin with, but they also have passion for this pursuit. Right. In our case, the purpose and the role we've played is, is a great example. And so I think the other way I look at that, I think that's a, a line of what you said is, is I've uh, long been fond of the concept of discretionary effort. Right. Which I've defined as being the difference. You know, that gap is the difference between what you are willing to do versus what you have to do. Um, and, and so when I think about, you know, when 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 the mission is what drives us or when our purpose is what drives us, where we see, you know, the, the impact that we can each make, our discretionary effort goes way up. Right. We're willing to put in that extra mile or whatever the cliche is, because we can see how, how significant that contribution is. I know at times in the past, you know, Glenn has spoken about the importance, you know, significance, right. And the importance of it's, you know, do you know me, you know, do you, do you recognize me? Do you appreciate me um, as an individual and what I do and what I have passion for. And I think we've seen that play out here. Right. We've seen that, that we don't have to sort of, you know, look over, uh, over the shoulder of, 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 our peers, but rather, you know, the trust, you know, we, 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 can trust without a doubt. Um, and they're led by the passion. They're not led because we told them to do something. It wasn't because of what they had to do. It's because of what they want to do. Um, and that's a much better
0: starting point for progress than people doing what they have to do. Yeah. And, it, and Scott, if I can jump in and, and continue, but Jeff fundamentally said that, um, by having a mission that people can hold on to, that's simple, that's, that people can learn how to connect themselves to, you become more inclusive. You awaken the human inside the individual. You stop thinking so much about the result and, and more of the method that I can incorporate to be a better individual contributor. You start to connect your personal identity with that of the organizations and these things start to synergize. They become one of the same. And that's powerful, Jeff, and and great observation, Scott, because, you know, my Follow up to to Jeff is, you know, which type of which transformations do you fear the most moving forward, Jeff, uh, for the potential to disrupt? Without a doubt. So. There's a
1: couple um, that immediately come to mind. Um, One, and I think I shared previously, I'm, I'm a bit concerned about going backward. Right. Not because I have reason to believe it will, but because it could happen. Right. So, you know, I'm I'm not sure exactly what to use as the the antithesis of transformation. Um, but you know, reverting backward uh to to, to old norms would, would always be a concern. So will watch out. Um I think the second thing is um, you know, the the particularly with the mobility in the workforce, mm-hmm. um, that that the flexible sort of work from home or remote work, right? You know, type of of uh uh, world that will, I think, continue to move closer and closer to, um, it it changes how we need to connect with each of our colleagues, right, to, to truly understand them. Because what I think will make people, you know, stay connected is purpose, which I've already mentioned, but it also will be that idea of, do you know me? Do you appreciate me? You know, me being the important part there. And it's one thing when you're naturally shoved together and you spend time together and, and, you know, in, in, in an old sort of work work environment or an office based environment, but for those people who have sort of now gone on to this, um, you know, remote work type of world, um, yeah, I can see a disconnection. Right. So I think, you know, I th- what I would say there is maybe again, it's a watch out, uh, but I see it as, you know, as we transform what it means to work, right. Work is what you do and not necessarily so much where you do it. Then we need to also understand that that personalization, that connection will have to evolve as well because we have to come up with new ways, um, you know, to make sure that we start a connected community. Um, so I see that as far as I think the business transformation is concerned, right you know i think the um i think the opportunity that we have at hand is to continue to uh challenge ourselves to push ahead with those things that we we know are most important right so i think under normal times uh particularly you know, co- corporate behavior tends to be we say things like um fail fast but we really don't want to fail <laughs> or we say things like you know or we say things um you know, like 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 it's a stretch assignment. You know, yeah. well probably the stretch in the stretch assignment is actually where we should be starting from, right? When I go back to the end in mind, yeah. Um, and and instead of the the so much of the worry around the failure is we need to really think harder about going, you know, into the future faster um, with more vigor, right? More more vigor and rigor. And so I look at that and I think that that's what the transformation, if you will, is going to require is our ability to actually, you know, stop doing things right that we just have always said we need to do this and this and this and this. Maybe that list of ands needs to get shorter and we need to make sure we really are investing in the things that are going to move the needle and where we're going and less time spent or less of a percent of our time is spent on hanging on to the past and hanging on to what we've always known to be good. Um, and I, I could go on with all kinds of examples you know, there. Uh, but, but I think that's really how, how I would think about the transformation that's ahead and how we need to, to, to address it. Hey, Jeff,
0: uh, gee, I wish we had a lot more time, but this is powerful. This notion of connected communities while being remote. Yep. I mean, this is a whole different way of how we need to think and lead, uh, understand our people. I mean, think about it. Everyone has um, those that have worked remotely um, have experienced freedom. Right. They've experienced the room to do things the way they want to do them while respecting um, standardization but we've all learned how to adapt and become more agile in a less structured uh environment um and i mean looking at you i mean here you are an SVP and you're working out of your home um by the way you got a nice setup there too but, <laughs> but this whole sense of connected building a connected community while being uh disconnected from each other uh in terms of us being close together uh, it's powerful. Um, you know, Jeff, as you talked about making sure that we didn't fall back to old traditional norms. You know, it, it reminds me just during this process to the lens that I live through every day, uh, you know, having the, the great pleasure of speaking with with progressive thinkers and leaders like you of just how much time leaders never really thought about the future and even more so now, everyone has just been heads down. I'm, my concern is that when they move their head up and recognize just how far away, how much work still needs to be done, um, will that be the trigger to fall back or fall forward? Uh, and, and I hope it's the latter. Um, so with that, what Outside skills or expertise, do you think need to be incorporated to better prepare ourselves for the future, Jeff? Because I think we're learning that maybe some of those standardized ways of behaving um, maybe didn't quite cut it as we started to, to not just learn, but discover the capacities and capabilities of our people.
1: Yeah, you know, that's that's an interesting that's an interesting way of thinking about it. And, I, and when I think of of uh you know, whether it's outside skills or or the like I don't know that I would describe what I think the the need is as being an outside skill. I think I would describe the need as being embracing skills that we know already exist that we're not using. So, so when I think about going back to the idea of, and and you mentioned sort of this, this uh, remote community and and how to be connected to people that you don't have this natural breakfast to dinner time, you know, share a conference room or office or a hallway. Um, I, you know, I think about the idea that we have to lean in, uh, in, in, in terms of our investment of time to truly get to know people, because there was a lot of that that occurred, but it occurred in the hallway. It occurred in the cafeteria. It occurred in a conference room in the minutes before a uh, meeting started, or or whatever the case was, and and some of those um, those those forums, right? You know, won't exist in in in, in sort of this this you know new work ecosystem, Um, and so I think it's about that idea of truly the desire you know that resides in you and the, the 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 skills to build those relationships that are going to be you know incredibly important. And not because of well, but certainly because of what you get out you know, the, the productive work, right. And the progress and ingenuity that will come from the people who feel connected. Um, but also for yourself, the satisfaction, right. Of, of really feeling, um, that you're contributing to the success of other people. Um, so, so I see the skill set really not being anything that we don't already know. We just aren't, we just didn't have to invest as much in it. I think maybe in the past because the environment allowed for some of it. Um, and we need to acknowledge that that environment doesn't exist. So what are the alternative ways, to recreate that, you know, that, 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 um, you know, that relationship building that is so critical to individuality and, and, you know, bringing out the unique perspective that all of our, uh, you know, workmates have,
0: you know, as, again, tremendous response, Jeff. And it makes me think of, how are we going to do three sixties this year? (laughs) What are we basing them off of? I mean, is it a fair statement, Jeff, that you've discovered a whole new enlightened set of skills from the people that you work with that maybe you thought were there, but you've really seen them come to light. Is that a fair statement?
1: Well, I think what I would say is we've, we're, we're certainly grabbing on to the importance of, um, you know of, of various you know even described as leadership behaviors much less just you know relationship type um behaviors that we may not have invested as much time in and i think we're realizing that 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 the uh the importance is is just it's hypercritical um you know now to invest you know to invest in in, in using the skills using the time and then using whatever the means, you know, are in a new world, uh, to be able to, to do that. So, um, I believe that, you know, the people I work with have done a a pretty nice job of it, but I don't think any of us would
0: feel that we've solved anything yet. I still think we're, we're learning. Mm -hmm. Scott, what do you take away from this sector or section of our discussion?
2: (laughs) I'm I'm loving it. And I'm actually, again, trying to, to put this all together because I'm seeing so many different, uh, Sort of threads going out, but they all come right back to this central theme of the mission over management and and what I'm what I'm what I might want to talk about with this one before you know I have a final thought for later. But but this one I'm thinking about that connection and the disconnection, sort of the the, the incongruence there. Like, how are we more connected now that we were disconnected? Um, and I think it goes back to what CBS is doing. And, and tell me if this is accurate with what you've seen on the ground there, uh, Jeff. So when we were connected before, we were connected in a, surface, in a surface level sort of artificial way. We were connected by what before when we were pre-pandemic? Distance, a water bottle where we can get water, a lunchroom. That, that feels like we're together and we are one unit. And look at us. We are here together doing this and we have each other's space and we know where these desks are. That's not connection. That's proximity. Hmm. What we're talking about with connection is back to mission. Connection is not that I know you and you know me, or I'm next to you and you're next to me. That's how apes, that's how we see friendship amongst the other apes. But I think as humans, we have something a little bit deeper there. And what we're saying is it's not just physical proximity, right? But the community is actually that shared mission. And and ultimately what goes back to that mission over management, that not saying management's bad, but maybe it's a layer that we've invested too much in. When in fact, we could be investing a lot more in that mission and mission actual, um, actualization. That's what I'm getting out of that. Um, Glenn. Well, <laughs> it, it,
0: if I can, if I can just jump forward then and just close with uh, this thought for, for Jeff to, to ponder and, and, and share. If, if you wouldn't mind here, Jeff, sure. um, what I heard Scott say. In many respects, is that. This moment that we've been living since the pandemic has made us realize that what a shared mission is bringing us towards is a co-design mm-hmm. that were a co-design and architecture of the past of the path forward. In other words, this collapse of standardization and and, and this welcoming of this personalization outbreak um, has made it clear that the broader and more connected our perspectives are um, and interconnected our perspectives are, uh, the more opportunities that we can actually co-design together. What's your take on that, uh,
1: Jeff? Yeah, I, I, I think you said that very well. I, I, um, I have been reminded time and again, both for myself and from a lot of people around me, um, this, this statement that has been made of um, boy, I've met so many people that I never knew before in at work yeah. um, because of the pandemic. It's, it's, it's because we've been forced out of that rut of normalcy, which almost in some ways you could describe as becomes complacency. Um, we had to reach out, you know, and look for people that we didn't even know existed before to solve some of these unprecedented opportunities that that were in front of us. And so I think that that, uh, you know, that showed, right, um, that that this 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 new way forward um, will absolutely. Uh, present opportunities for us to you know, expand our horizons, work with more people, creates more opportunities for inclusion. Um, and I do think that it's, it was certainly a horrible set of circumstances that brought us to this point. But as, as industry is concerned, we, we needed the push we needed the push to get out of the complacency of the way things used to be and the standardization of how we did a lot of things. And and while I would certainly never want to do it by way of a pandemic, um, but it is where we are. And and the pandemic has put us in a position to be able to get beyond um, a lot of those behaviors. Going back to the the, the word standardization, a lot of those old ways of doing things, old ways of managing, old ways of seeing the world around us. Um, And the prolonged nature of the pandemic has given us enough confidence to believe that we can be successful behaving differently. Uh, If it would have been a short lived, you know, two month long event, you know, back by spring when people went home in March, I don't, I don't think we would have had the same forum, you know, to, 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 to progress. Um, But the, but the longevity um, as unfortunate as it is, the longevity of, of the pandemic has given us the time um, to reshape our thinking and to become, you know, jump on
0: the train and go forward, you know, to, to where it's going to lead us down the road. Jeff, you've been inspiring today. I mean, if (laughs) for everyone who's listening and watching, if, if, if Jeff hasn't given you perspective of how you should be thinking, uh, what you should be appreciating and, uh, and how you should be contributing. um, I don't know what will. Jeff, you've been tremendous. I can't thank you enough for joining us today. And before I ask you to give us some closing thoughts, even though you close really well there, Scott, give us your closing.
2: All right. This is the cycle. I I see it and I can see why it's working and why I trust it. Because what what Jeff, what I hear you saying, man, is that we have to really think about the uniqueness and the opportunity to learn about this thing called leadership into the unknown, right? You've said that a couple different ways. So how do you lead into the unknown, right? Um, Out of fear means that we just fall back on previous practices, but out of flow and out of forward thinking, you actually innovated. And what I saw you do is that you first of all recognized well before the pandemic, that in order for CVS to be successful, for your group, your organization to be successful, one of the most important things you needed right was people who care and who are passionate your employees you need passionate caring employees but we knew that getting into it but the difference is how do we get people that care that are employees well we build community we make we make sure that this is a community not a business so to speak it's a business but to make people that care have this business. You have to have community. How do you build that community? Well, you're going to need a mission. And that mission needs to be very clear, straightforward, and something that you can repeat after hearing it once, right? Because that's how it can circle back to create the community. But then what I saw you're doing in many ways is that when you created that mission, think about the mission of CVS. It's not about a bottom line. It's not about a certain quarterly figure. It's not about an investing, an investment return. It's literally a humanized mission. Right. And so you did a human economy. You did a mission based on a human economy that then circled back and created more employees that care because they're part of a community because they're bounded by a mission and that's humanized. And that circle just keeps going around and around. It creates trust in the group, your employees. It creates trust in your customer because they see it and they feel it. Right, and then the bottom line is this isn't just a circle that keeps going around; it's a spiral that goes up. I don't know where it's going, but I do know that when we hit the next speed bump, this is the sort of cycle that I'm going to be thinking about in terms of human organization. Um, I really want to thank you for that uh, upward spiral. We always talk about the downward spiral, right? Like the toilet flushing. Well, this is the complete opposite. This is bringing goodness, goodness upwards and sharing it all about. But thank you very much for that model, and I really appreciated the time to talk and learn from you today.
0: Any final thoughts,
1: Jeff? Yeah, you know, I, I think I'll go back to where we started the conversation. And It was, you mentioned Pathfinder. Um, and if the essence of the Pathfinder was to start with the end in mind, um, what a moment it is for me to reflect and say, well, we don't know what the end is here. Um, and so therefore, as a leader, right, it puts me in the same odyssey as, 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 all the great, you know, people out there working hard every day to figure the it out because this, new normal um you know we're not even sure what what that looks like yet so you know the work that i do and the opportunity i have to share you know my view and my efforts with with my peers you know again traditionally would have been noticed as some sort of an end in mind well now the question is well what's the end we're looking for um and uh so i i agree it's it's you know we're, we're going into sort of uncharted territories but we know that the best way we're going to get to those answers for sure you know is to have that uh, you know whether it's the the purpose that combines that or that unites us, but the individual contribution, the individual ideas, and the individual effort, right, of everybody involved, you know, in in pushing that you know that rock uphill into the future. Um, and and there's not necessarily a formula or a standard way to get that to get that done. Um, and that's good because that's what we need. We, we we need to get rid of the standard formulas.
0: Jeff outstanding thank you again uh, for your time and just as a reminder when you lead in the age of personalization you will see things that others don't do what others won't and keep pushing when prudence says quit thank you everyone and thank you again jeff
2: thanks
0: thanks for listening to personalization outbreak make sure to subscribe so you never miss a show if you enjoyed the content visit age of to check out our free streaming video series and learn how to get involved in the movement. I'm Glenn Yopis. I wish you a good day and remember, without strategy, change is merely substitution, not evolution.